and um, really uh, over there in Romania has a lot to do with the um, orphanage and orphanages uh, there uh, in Romania and um, both of them uh, being on the field for quite some time now and so uh, remember uh, remember them uh, remember them to the Lord in prayer um, if you would please and um, all of our missionaries uh, as they continue to uh, um, endeavor to serve the Lord uh, in different places uh, literally around the world. Genesis chapter 13 tonight. Genesis 13. Thank you uh, for um, all of the cards and uh, gifts and all the things for pastor's appreciation. Uh, I really uh, am very appreciative of the effort uh, that was put into it. And um, the um, uh, just when we came up this morning and saw the saw the sidewalk and um, all the all the little sheep, if you've noticed, that are along the sidewalk, and um, we appreciate you, E W E. I just thought that was so cute. It was very um, uh, very um, thoughtful, and uh, the the cards uh, that we've received uh, in the back, and the effort to. Uh, that is put into all that. We are uh, very thankful uh, for that and thankful uh, for you. One of the first things I got, so in case there is any question, I want to put it to rest. I am the bomb. Just want to let you know, um, I was told uh, by a prominent member of our church, um, Asher Allard and uh, Al Good. Uh, good, and um, he gave me this this morning. Now, I can't eat what's inside of it because it's Rolos and Mentos, but uh, it's TNT and dynamite. And he said that I am the bomb and I am on fire. And be careful because if you go by, you might explode. And so um, I, I probably I'm not going to eat those because I can't. So I'm just going to keep it there. Until he's about 18, and then I'm going to give it back to him and say, what, "See, I want, I want to show you what you gave me." And uh, so I, and ask my wife. I keep everything, and uh, I'll keep that until the actual candy rots. In the, um, I was actually going through my car um, the other day. I was waiting in line for something, and I was going through the car, and in in the enclave, um, there's a on top of the middle console. Um, there's a little uh, compartment, almost like a almost like a glove compartment, but it's up in the middle and it pops up. and And uh, I ain't opened that thing, and I can't even tell you one. So I popped that thing open, and there was a bag in there. So I pulled that bag out, and there was a a bag of spicy peanuts that expired in 2018. <laughs> I don't know what I was holding on to them for, but. Uh, I put them back in. No, I didn't put them back in there. I threw them away. But uh, I, I keep everything. And so um, I'm really thankful, uh, uh, really appreciative. Uh, my family is appreciative as well. And uh, thank you uh, again uh, from the bottom of our hearts. And so we're talking about the life of Lot, and we're talking about uh, the slippery slope of backsliding. The slippery slope of backsliding. Yeah, that word, um, backsliding. And so um, we're talking about, kind of talking about what happened with Lot. And in, in Genesis chapter 13, he talks about um, this strife that happens between 
Abram and Lot, uh, Abram's uh, herdmen and Lot's herdmen. And uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham says, um, let's, just, uh, let's just go our separate ways. Let's, we need to have more land. Uh, we need to have more property. We need to have more um, uh, space for our cattle and more space uh, uh, for our, our, our teams and our family. And um, we don't need to have any strife between us and so he said you go left i'll go right if you go right i'll go left you you choose where to go and uh and and lot looks out and he sees the well-watered plains and decides to go that way and uh, of course abram does exactly what abram said he was going to do and he goes the opposite direction and um and not because not because Abram wanted to get away from Lot. That's not, that wasn't the point. The point was he didn't want there to be any strife uh, uh, amongst the family and strife uh, amongst um, uh, the herdmen and uh, their teams. And so uh, Lot goes, uh, he sees those well-watered plains, uh, and then the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He pitched his tent uh, toward uh, Sodom, and the Bible says this in verse number um, in verse number twelve of Genesis chapter thirteen, verse number twelve. Abram, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, if you stopped right there. And you didn't know anything about Sodom and Gomorrah, which most everybody sitting in the Sunday evening service knows about Sodom and Gomorrah. But if you didn't, and you think to yourself, well, what's the big deal? Well, God tells us what the big deal is in verse 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Before the Lord exceedingly. And so Lot decides he's going to pitch his tent. And more than just going, I, I, I want you to understand, this is, this is more than just a physical move for Lot. This is more than him just moving his tents away from Abraham and moving his tents uh, uh, toward uh, uh, Sodom and getting closer to the city physically. This was, a, this was a bad spiritual move for Lot. It wasn't just a physical move. It was a spiritual move. And he left that which was familiar with him. He left that which was spiritual, and that was Abraham in his life. And he went toward wickedness. Listen, when you leave holiness and you get closer to wickedness, you ready? Here's, this is it. This is, this is deep, okay? That's a bad thing. Not good, right? It's not good to get away from that which is holy and pitch your tent toward that which is unholy or wicked. And the Bible says, God says, that, uh, that uh, Sodom wasn't just wicked, but it was wicked and sinners exceedingly. Matter of fact, God's going to have to judge 
Sodom and Gomorrah. And guess who gets part of that judgment? Lot, right? And his family. Why? Because he didn't just pitch his tent in Sodom. Pretty soon, he found himself in Sodom. He found himself amongst the sinners and the wickedness. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he was found in the gates. Let me tell you, let me, let me give you a, a little, little background here. The, the leaders of a city would be in the gates and they would sit in the gates and they would uh, uh, talk and they would discuss things and they would have meetings. And the Bible says that Lot was right in the middle of it. Matter of fact, there was a point while, while, um, while Lot was in Sodom that Lot called the Sodomites brethren. Used the word brethren. He got himself planted in the wrong place. So we talked a little bit about some of the reasoning uh, behind uh, uh, Lot's decision to go towards uh, uh, Sodom. Uh, and uh, what, uh, tonight I want to talk about the results of Lot's backsliding. Go over to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter number 19. The results of Lot's backsliding. Remember, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. Our life is made up of the choices that we make. It's bottom line. Now, I know there are some times that we get into situations that we, that we, we have nothing to do with. Right? I'll give you for instance. You don't get to choose what family you're born into. You don't get to choose the country that you're born into. Right? You don't, you don't get to choose that. Those things happen in your life. But let me tell you something. Once you, once you be, get old enough to start making decisions, where your life ends up is made up of the decisions that we make. Uh, what we decide to do, where we decide to go, how we decide to live our lives. Because uh, the Bible says in the book of Galatians, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So what does that really mean? What it means is there's always consequences to life. And there's always consequences to the decisions that we make in life. Whether those decisions be good or those decisions be bad. Whether those decisions be smart and wise. Do you know the Bible says that, uh, uh, that we ought to seek after wisdom? Do you know there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge? There's a lot of people that have knowledge. That I, that I always say they're dumber than a box of rocks. You ever, you ever meet dumb people? I mean, they can't, get, they can't even get out of the rain. But they are some smart, smart people. They have not. Do you ever watch Jeopardy? You ever watch some of them people? I mean, and they just have all this knowledge about how, I mean, how many fruits that start with the letter Q. Seriously? The letter Q. Uh, first of all, who cares? Second of all, who knows that kind of information? 
The only time I answer, every once in a while, I'll throw one out on like, you know, the first part of Jeopardy on the higher, unless it's Bible. And then I laugh at these people that have no clue. Nobody wants to pick Bible. Nothing to do with Bible. They don't want to pick anything. They don't come up very often. But every once in a while, it'll come up. And I can answer all those questions. I'm good. I, I wish Jeopardy would be all Bible. And I could be all right. But these people, they have all this knowledge. But, but wisdom is not only having the knowledge, but it's knowing what to do with the knowledge that you have. You see, the Bible says to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. The Bible says that we are to uh, act on the knowledge that God has given us. That's what wisdom is, uh, having wisdom. You want to talk about wisdom, you want to know about wisdom, read the book of Proverbs. It's a, it's a book of wisdom and the wisdom that we need to make good decisions. And there are consequences to our good decisions. But understand this, there are consequences to our bad decisions. And when those bad decisions come along, I want you to know Lot didn't, go from spending time with Abraham and fellowshipping with Abraham to the next day his wife turned into a pillar of salt. Did that happen? Yes. Did it happen the next day? No. You know what happened? You know what happened first? He pitched his tent towards Sodom. If he would have never pitched his tent towards Sodom. And, and sometimes it, it only takes a glance. Sometimes it only takes a look. Sometimes it only takes a step in the wrong direction for us to get on a slippery slope and end up uh, at, uh, at the bottom that we never thought uh, would have happened in our lives. Let me give you some results of, uh, of what Lot lost. What Lot lost in his life. Number one, verses 5 through 8. Genesis chapter number 19, verses 5 through 8. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we might know them. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door uh, after him and said, I pray you, if you mark in your Bible, mark that next word. What is the next word? Brethren. He's talking to the Sodomites who, by the way, want the angels that have just come, want them to come out there so that they can do lustful things to them. That's, that's, that's the idea here. And they want him to come out. And so Lot comes out and he's trying to do the right thing. But man, is he doing it in the wrong way? And he comes out and he tries to reason with these men. And he calls these men Brethren, let me tell you the first thing lost and the first thing you'll lose when you begin to slip down a slippery slope of wickedness and sin, it is your character you will lose. Your character you will lose. Lot lost his character. Calling the men of Sodom brethren. 
Behold now, he says in verse number 8, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Lot has lost his mind. He has absolutely lost his mind. But he's got himself. Listen to me. This happens and it happens every single time. We get ourselves in a pinch. We get ourselves in a bad place. And then one bad decision leads to another and to another and to another. It's like a lie. You know what a lie does? It leads you into another lie. And then it leads you into another lie. And then guess what? Your whole life is wrapped up in lies. And you forget which lie you told to which person. And boy, pretty soon, your sin will find you out. It's a biblical principle. And so what's happening to, to Lot? Lot's now in a situation that he's trying to get out of. He knows this, uh, these, uh, these, uh, uh, these uh, messengers that come. He, he, he knows he's got to protect them. So what does he do? He offers up his daughters in the place of these men. And Lot's character is absolutely in the toilet. See, he thought that he could get close to the people of Sodom. He thought, and by the way, he wasn't getting close to them to, uh, to influence them. And by the way, that never happens. The wickedness and the sinners always influence us. Boy, I'll tell you something. You've got to a really low place if you've got to where, to where Lot is in, in, in Genesis chapter number 19. He lost his character. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of things that are, that are valuable in this life. I have things that I have um, in my possession that are priceless in my eyes. Now, they might not even be wor worth anything in your eyes, but in my eyes, they're priceless. There are things that I have that I would never sell. There are some things that I have that are worth a lot of money that I would never sell because they're, they're important to me. I have a, a, a small um, ivory-handled uh, 25 pistol. It's just a little, little tiny gun. And, and mom and dad, Wendy's mom and dad, gave it to me, and it was um, your mom's, mom's dad's or dad's dad's, one of the two, uh, their gun, and they, and they gave it to me. And I never, I'm never getting rid of that. That's priceless to me. I, I think it's something that's, but you know something? Nothing in this world compares to your character and your testimony. You understand that? Nothing in this world compares to your character. Nothing is worth more than your character and your testimony. If nothing else keeps you on track, the fact that you'll lose your character and lose your testimony ought to keep us on track. Be careful because that slippery slope will... You, listen to me. You will lose your character. You will lose your testimony. I don't know how many preachers, I don't know how many people in ministry, I don't know how many deacons, I don't know how many trustees, I don't know how many people in church have lost their character and lost their testimony because of bad decisions that they've made. So often we don't think of the consequences. And one of the biggest consequences 
is our Christian character. Our Christian character. Lot lost his Christian character. Number two, look at verse number 14. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 14. And spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up! Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But, boy, isn't that a big conjunction? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, boys. I'm telling you, judgment is coming. Was judgment coming? Oh, yeah. Judgment was coming in a big way. Sodom and Gomorrah were fixing to be judged by God. And, and that was what the messengers were telling them. You need to get out of the city. Uh, you need to get out now. And so Lot goes to his sons-in-law and tells his sons-in-law, listen, get my daughters. Hey, get up. God's fixing to judge this city, and it's going to be bad for all of its inhabitants. And so we've got to get out of the city. What in the world... Why in the world would you ever think, Lot, that your sons-in-law or your daughters would listen to anything you had to say spiritually? The way you've been living your life. You remember, he's already heard his Christian character. He's already heard his character. He's already heard his testimony. And, and the way he's been living his life, now he's not pitched his tent towards Sodom. He's now in Sodom. I mean, he's right in the middle of the square. He's right in the middle of the sinners. He's right in the middle of the wickedness. And by the way, if you think that you can be in the middle of it and not be a partaker, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. And so he was right in the middle of this, and, and he tells them, and he's in a rush, and he's panicked, and he, and he goes to his sons-in-law, he goes to his daughters, and tells them, we need to get out of the city, the Lord's going to destroy it, but... He seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. I don't, listen, are, are you joking me? I'm not going anywhere. Are you kidding me? I mean, what, what are you talking about? That's, you know what they're saying? Let me tell you what they're saying. You say that you believe the Lord. And you and you believe that judgment's coming, and you believe these men are messengers from God, and you say you believe all this, but man, you surely haven't been living it. You know what else he lost? Not only lost the, his, his Christian character, but he lost the confidence of his children. He lost the confidence of his children. And boy, that, I'm telling you, it hurts when you lose the confidence of people. It's amazing to me how many people today, they go around and they talk about you know, they talk about loving God and they, they want to be a witness and they want to do this and they want to do that. But let me tell you, when you are just like the world, you don't have anything to offer the wicked. When you're acting like they do, when you're talking like they're talking, when you're reacting like they're reacting, what do you have to offer? I have that. Do you know how many people had influence over me when I was, before I was saved? It wasn't many. There wasn't many. I had a few. Now, now, I had people. 
Matter of fact, there were some people on ship that would have called themselves Christians. But good night. They went out, did the things that I did at night. They went out and did all that. I mean, it wasn't no different between me and them. Matter of fact, many of them were doing things that I would never even dream of doing, even as a lost person. Don't talk to me about being a Christian when you're acting like the world. Don't talk to me about being a, a born-again believer and you believe the Lord and you believe His second coming and you believe the Bible and you believe in prayer and you, believe, and you live like the world. You live like the devil. You know what the Bible says? You know what Jesus said? It's because you are of your father, the devil. That's pretty strong language. By the way, he wasn't telling that to the world. He was telling that to the religious crowd. Sadducees, Pharisees, Essens. He was telling the religious crowd. You're of your father, the devil. Why? Because you act like him and you talk like him and you walk like him. Listen, don't lose the confidence of other people. Live the way God calls us to live. Get away from the world. Don't Listen, if you found yourself in Sodom, get out as fast as you can. Don't look back. Boy, they learned that lesson too, didn't they? Get out and don't look back. Get as far away from it as you can in your life. He lost his Christian character. He lost... His children's confidence. He lost, in verse, verse number 16, he lost uh, his choice cattle. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set uh, him without the city. It took him out. I mean, forcefully took him out. But guess what was left? All of his riches. All of his goods. Let me tell you what Lot lost. You want to know what Lot lost? He lost everything. All his, all his worldly possessions. Remember, Sodom and Gomorrah was judged by fire. There was nothing left. I always want to say this. I always want to tell people, you know, God, God is not a God of judgment. He's a God of love. Have you read about Sodom and Gomorrah? Because God destroyed the cities. And He didn't destroy the cities and spare the people. He destroyed the cities and destroyed the people. Because God's God of judgment. Now, He's a God of grace and mercy and long-suffering and praise God for that. He gives us chances after chances after chances. But sooner or later, judgment is coming. Don't be found in the wrong place. Well, you know how, you know how fearful it is? I often think about this. You know, I believe in the rapture of the church. I believe that the second coming is coming. It's, 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 it's imminent. Now, I should say the rapture is imminent. The second coming that comes next. But the, the, the rapture of the church is imminent. could happen at any moment. You don't know it. I don't know it. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I know it's going to happen. And you know there's a little bit of fear and trembling with me? Every time I think about him coming... And he could come at any moment. What am I doing 
when he comes. Now, my spot in the rapture is secure. I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The church, not this building, not this place, not this property, but the church, God's people, the believers, are going to be raptured up in the rapture. We're going to be, we're going to be caught up to, together to be with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, so my spot in the rapture is secure. Do you know what I'd love to be doing when the rapture happens? I'd love to be witnessing to somebody. I want you to know today, man, I'm telling you, talk about a good pastor's appreciation. Today I got to win a young man to Christ. And um, boy, I'll just tell you right now, you talk about thrilled. I was just thrilled. Guess what? His wife was thrilled too. His kids are going to be thrilled too when they get older. And he, he's now an, a, 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 new, a newborn babe in Christ. Praise God for that. Do you know what? I would have, you know what would have been cool? If the rapture happened right when. Or the rapture happened when I'm knocking on that door and witnessing to somebody. Or the rapture happened when I'm sitting there holding the hand of somebody and, and praying with them because uh, they're sick or because they had surgery. How cool would that be? How terrible would it be if we were doing something we shouldn't be doing when the rapture of the church happened? It's going to happen, right? And not every, oh, listen, we're all sinners. We all fall short. We all struggle. You know, sometimes that'll keep you on the straight and narrow. Get out of Sodom. Stay away. Don't even pitch your tent toward Sodom. Yeah, listen to me. It all looks great. Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that sin is pleasurable, but just for a season. It always looks good. And that grass always looks greener on the other side. Well, it looks like they're succeeding. It looks like they're, they have success. And li listen, do some biographical sketches on successful people. They have some miserable lives. I'm just telling you. Some of these movie stars, listen to me. Some of these movie stars have been married three, four, five times. They've been millionaires and bankrupt three or four times. I mean, it's just, their lives are absolutely, I'm not saying success brings misery. I'm just telling you, it's not always greener on the other side. And sometimes we look and we look at another family or we look at another place or we look at another thing. If I can just move towards there, maybe my life will be better. Do you know why the average stay for a pastor, the average stay for a minister in a church is 18 months. 18 months, folks. I got that beat so far. Praise God. But you know why it is? Because people have mindset that if I just go to another place, but guess what's at the other place? People. People are at the other place. Unless you're going to minister to cattle or sheep, or chickens, which all have their own problems, right? If you're going to minister to people, listen, it's going to be difficult wherever you are. And we always think maybe if it's the next place, it's the next job, it's the next spouse. 
Well, we jump out of that real quick, don't we? Wendy and I were just talking about it. A couple that was married 70 years or something, like 70-something years. And, you know, you, you, you say to yourself, well, the, the divorce rate is so high today. How, how do people stay married for so long? You know what it's called? Work. What it's called? It's called work. There's no... You know, we always think, if I, if I just had a better spouse, if I just had a better... If I just had a better, if I just, and you know what we do? And we pitch ourselves, and we pitch ourselves, and we pitch ourselves, and we're going in the wrong direction. If you are, if you are running a race, and the race starts here, and everybody takes off that way, and you turn around and take off that way, you're going the wrong way. You're never going to finish the race going backwards. Going the wrong direction. You need to face the right direction. What is the right direction? God is the right direction. You need to run towards Him. You need to walk towards Him. You need to live your life towards Him in godliness and true holiness. He lost His choice cattle. He lost His children's confidence. He lost His Christian character. And He lost His chosen companion. Verse number 26. Now listen to me. Before you give Lot's wife a hard time. Now, they said, don't look back, right? And she was, they were walking away and they were actually being pulled away. And what did she do? She looked back. And the Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt. I don't know how many times I've, ha- I've had this question asked to me. What was Lot's wife's name? Mrs. Lot. Okay? Really, who cares what her actual name is? What's the point? The point isn't Lot's wife. The point is Lot. If Lot would have never brought Mrs. Lot to Sodom, if he'd never pitched his tent, you might not like this, guys, But the bottom line is, one day you're going to stand before God for your family. You're going to stand before God for your home. You're going to stand before God for your decisions. You are going, you're going to, you you can deny it. You can say it's not going to happen. But the bottom line is, we are going to give an answer. And let me tell you something, lots to blame. You just go, go all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to the beginning with, with, with Adam and Eve. Boy, you give Eve such a hard time. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Eve was deceived. Uh, 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 Adam willfully sinned. We're, we're going to be responsible for the things that God has given us. We're going to be responsible for the things that, that God has uh, showed us through the Word of God. And we will be responsible. And, and Lot's going to be responsible. And we can blame it on, e, or blame it on uh, Lot's wife all we want to. And, and she just couldn't let go. She would, have, she would have never known what Sodom was like if Lot never brought her there. I, t- I say that about this generation. We blame everything on this generation. We blame everything on these, ki- these kids. These kids are not thankful. These kids are not polite. These kids are not... Wh- wh- who's to blame? The generation before. 
The generation that's supposed to teach them. The generation that's supposed to show them. The generation that's supposed to pass it on. That's what our job is. That's what we're supposed to do. And we will be responsible for that. One day, we're going to be responsible for what we did and what we did not do. And so, uh, we got to understand, we got to understand that uh, principle, we got to understand that truth uh, when it comes uh, to uh, the consequences that we end up having to live with. You end up having to live with that consequence. Why? And by the way, sometimes the consequences are immediate, and sometimes the consequences are down the road. I wish that this was it for Lot, but it's not. You keep reading, and Lot's life's a mess, an absolute train wreck. And the decisions his daughters make, his decision his wife makes, all these decisions, they all fall squarely on Lot's decision to pitch his tent towards Sodom. When you make that decision, when you decide you're going in that direction, remember, you're taking other people with you. Your decisions not only affect you, they affect the people that surround you. One of the biggest lies the devil tells, let me tell you one of the biggest lies the devil tells, your sin doesn't affect anybody else. Sin just affects you. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I'm telling you something. Your sin does affect other people. And look at how it affected Lot. Look how it affected his family. Look how it affected the people around him. Look how it, instead of going to Sodom and being a witness to Sodom and going to Sodom and trying to change Sodom and going to Sodom and trying to lead Sodom uh, to the Lord, what does he do? He goes and, and becomes like the Sodomites. So guess who pays for it? The Sodomites. Because judgment, now listen, I understand. Don't, don't think I'm passing the buck. Okay? Because we're all responsible for our own decisions as well. But I want you to know something. Your decisions do affect other people. And the results often are catastrophic. The results often, um, we end up saying it's not fair or, under, uh, or we don't understand them. And it's because... Uh, uh, whatsoever um, we sow, we will also reap. And so, before giving Lot too hard of a time, remember, one day, your life too will be made manifest. Because we're going to have to give an answer. The Bible says in Corinthians, we're going to have to give an answer for what we've done in our bodies, whether it be good or bad. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know that there's a thing called the Bema Seat. It's called the Judgment Seat of Christ. There's two different kinds of judgments. The great white throne judgment is for the lost. The judgment seat of Christ is for the saved. The judgment seat of Christ will be going on at the same time the tribulation period is happening here on earth. And as we stand before God, I don't know if... Uh, I often think about this and I often think about how tragic this would be. But if it were possible, that we'd stand before God and everybody's there. Everybody's watching, and your life comes up on the screen. Your whole life, the highlights. See, when I watch football, unless my team wins, I only watch the highlights. 
I love YouTube because YouTube, you could just click on it, shows all the highlights, the game's over, you don't have to worry about commercials, you don't have to worry about timeouts, you don't have to worry about injuries, you don't have to worry about any of those things. It's just, here it is. This is all the major things that happened. This is how they scored. This is how they won. Can you imagine if our life is brought up on a screen? And God says, you're going to have to answer. That's what he said. You have to answer for what we've done in our bodies, whether it be good or bad, and here's your life. And I tell you, there's some things that I wouldn't want put on the screen. You say, God would never do that. Well, what is the Bible? <laughs> what about Lot? He lays out Lot, doesn't he? God doesn't just put all the good stuff. He puts in the rough stuff, too. What about David? You think about these. What about Peter? What is he doing? He's displaying their lives. And I believe, and I know the Bible says, uh, teaches that one day God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. I don't know when that's going to be. But at some point, they say there'll be, there'll be no crying in heaven. Oh, yes, there will. Because at one point, God was going to wipe away their tears from their eyes. And then there'll be no more crying. There's going to be no regret. There's going to be no down the road, oh my goodness, I'm so, I'm so, no, there's going to be joy and I, I get all that, okay? But at the judgment seat of Christ, there is going to be loss of crowns. Not everybody's going to be rewarded in the same way. Not everybody's going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not everybody's going to get the same crowns. I'll tell you one thing, I'm a pastor, because I'm a pastor, I'm getting the pastor's crown. You're not a pastor, you don't get the crown. And God's not going to say, you're going to say to God, well, that's no fear, God. That's not how that works. And he gives these crowns, and let me tell you something, some will go in and they'll have crowns to lay back at the feet of Jesus, and some will go in empty-handed. Now, they're saved, and they're going in regardless. But how tragic will it be not to have something to lay back at the feet of Jesus. That's not determined when you get there. That's determined now. How we live our life is important. It's not only important now and for the people that are around us, but it's going to be important one day when you stand before God and your life is made manifest. And everything that you've sown, you're going to reap in your life. Lot did. Look at all that he lost. Look at the example God left us, and yet, this great example God left us, yet we continue to pitch our tent toward Sodom day after day after day after day. Listen, take up the tent stakes. You're in the wrong place. You're in the middle of Sodom. Get up the tent. If you have to, leave the tent. Leave the cattle. Leave. If you're in the wrong place, get out as fast as you can. As soon as you get out of that place as fast as you can, you run as fast as you can towards God. And pitch your tent in that direction, and God will always reward you. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for the opportunity to meet together. Thank you for a great day that you've given us today. Thank you that uh, you're a great God. And uh, we're thank you for your grace, and we're thankful for your your mercy and your long-suffering. We're just so thankful for all that you do for us. But help us to be aware. 
Help us to realize that everything that we sow, we will reap. Help us, Lord, to take the example of Lot and realize that backsliding is a very slippery slope. Help us to pitch our tent towards you and away from Sodom. Dismiss us with your blessing. Give us a great week this week as we endeavor to serve you and honor you with our lives. We'll thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you have not-